In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Many of you uh, know that a few months ago we adopted a dog, and uh, she's a beautiful mixture of shepherd and something else, who knows exactly what, maybe some border collie, maybe some uh, Bernese mountain dog, a lot of mutt, but uh, she is full of surprises. She tends to be curious about everything and everyone, she likes everybody and everything, and she's afraid of almost nothing which surprises me. We can be walking down the street and a huge trash truck comes by. She's unfazed. Um, I was worried when July 4th came that the fireworks would scare her. Again, didn't bother her in the least. Other dogs don't scare her. People don't scare her. The one thing that scares her, though, is if she's looking under the bed or under a couch and sees a little dust ball roll by, she's afraid. (laughs) She growls and maybe barks. To her, it's a scary thing. To her, it's real. Now, we can laugh at how funny that is, and I can say to her all day long, don't be afraid of the dust ball. But she's afraid. She just is. How often are we a little like that? Certainly as children, but even as we grow older, when something is before us or around the corner and it's scary, we are afraid. And no amount of wise words or insight or rationalization or professional opinion can make us feel otherwise. We simply are afraid. All of our scripture readings today approach this idea of fear. And while none of the scriptures gives us an an easy prescription for uh, getting around fear or leaving fear completely, uh, the scriptures do arm us a little and equip us to face fears, um, not alone, but together with God through faith. In Genesis, the word of God comes to Abram, saying clearly, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because God's going to be like a shield for you. God's going to protect you no matter what. And even more, as we've heard foreshadowed and promised in the past few weeks, um, God promises to Abram and Sarah a child, even better than one child, a whole generation of generations of generations. Abram and Sarah must have been afraid. They must have been afraid that they were going to die childless, that they would die without anyone to carry on, that they would die with a sense of not being fulfilled. They must have had all sorts of fears about the future. They were up in years. But something changed, and we always know something huge has happened in the Bible when someone gets a name change, and that's what happens as well to Abram and Sarai. They become Abraham and Sarah. 
Again, it's this, this story that's illustrated so beautifully in our icon. I like to think sometimes that icon can be a place to take all of our fears. Um, certainly any place can be, but especially that place, because we can look at Sarah and Abraham and remember that they were people who, who held on to God, come what may, and walked through fear to a new place of faith. Our epistle for the day, the letter to the Hebrews, is a a beautiful hymn of faith, really. And it again mentions that it was by faith that Abraham obeys and looks and follows. It's by faith that Sarah can laugh and can follow and can conceive. Meditating on people like Abraham and Sarah, the author of Hebrews, goes on to give us the famous example after example of people who have shown faith and moved ahead. The writer of Hebrews also gives us that classic definition of faith, that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. The conviction of things unseen. Fear often has to do with the power of things unseen, doesn't it? Sometimes that's a good thing, like being afraid of ticks in the woods or sharks in the water, especially this time of the year. But often on land and in our lives, fears can slow us down. Fears can stop us in place. Fears can stifle. Fear can keep us stuck completely. When I think about the power of fear to to stick people, to get people or whole families stuck, I think of the wonderful 1932 novel by Stella Gibbons, Cold Comfort Farm. Maybe some of you know that novel or, or the movie made from it. I have a copy of the movie. Maybe we should watch it sometime. Um, It's a wonderful movie that, for many of us, was the first introduction to that great story. But in in the story, a young woman named Flora Post is a very smart, self-possessed 19-year-old in London, but she's suddenly orphaned. She has no place to live. And so she writes all the cousins she can think of and asks, does anyone have space for me to live with you? Well, finally, she gets an invitation from one part of the family. They're named the Stark Adders. And they feel like, for some mysterious reason, they've done Flora's father wrong. And so they owe her one. And so they invite her to come visit. And so she, in, she visits their place called, appropriately, Cold Comfort Farm. And everything about the place is falling apart. Every direction, there are dreary, depressing characters. The horse is named Viper. The poor cows are named Aimless, Graceless, Feckless, and Pointless. The whole sad family is ruled by a matriarch that people rarely see because she refuses to come out of her room. Aunt Ada Doom refuses to leave her room. Because years and years ago, as a little girl, as she says, she saw something nasty in the woodshed. We never quite learn what it was she saw. We never even learn if she remembers what she saw. But whatever it was, that fear remains with her. 
The fear that began so long ago in the woodshed has now completely infected Ada Doom. That fear has changed her, and it's made her small and scared and sad. And so it's that fear that's possessing her that then casts a spell over the whole farm, and the place begins to die. I won't spoil the whole story for you in case you read it or watch the movie, but I will say that the arrival of this young relative, Flora Post, and her very common sense way of interacting with each family member, one at a time, eventually loosens something up in all the fear that's binding that family. It even helps Aunt Ada to leave fear in the woodshed, back where it belongs. And she begins to step into life again. And guess what? As soon as she's able to step forward, it frees up the whole family in new and exciting and unthought-of ways. Jesus says, do not be afraid. Words easily heard, but not so easy to hold on to, are they? Don't be afraid. Jesus says, do not fear, because it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God surely looks different for each one of us, but but for most of us, at some level, I think being a part of the kingdom of God has something to do with that sort of transformation in the story of Cold Comfort Farm. It it has to do with a, a, a loosening and a lessening of those fears that gnaw at our insides and that, that keep us stuck or, or hold us back from being who God wants us to be. God wants us to pull through those fears, beyond those fears, into a new world of faith. A new world that Jesus points to as God's kingdom already come. In today's gospel, Jesus says, get ready. And he uses a number of different images to convey this sense of anticipation, to to help us also feel like the kingdom of God is, is right here if we'll only reach out and grab it, and that it's full of faith and not fear. Jesus says, be like those who are charged with taking care of a house while the owner's away. Be like those caretakers who are in charge while the owner's at a wedding or something. Then when they come back, you're ready to receive them. Jesus says, get rid of all those things that burden you, that weigh you down, that are extra, that keep you from moving ahead. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so don't fear. Let go of fear. If you think about all the various people Jesus meets in the Gospels, so often they're people who have become stuck in one way or another. They're stuck in old habits or old thoughts or past sins. They're they're sometimes stuck in other people's stories about them. Or they're stuck in some warped perspective of their own that begins to create a world so narrow that they can barely breathe. Think about some of those people. There's that woman who was caught in adultery. The people of that day were ready to stone her, but even if they let her go, she's still caught in a reputation. They've got her stuck in a really bad place of gossip and hearsay. She's afraid. Jesus forgives her and invites her to leave fear behind. 
And so she follows him in faith. And there's Zacche- Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, who's short and made fun of and hated because he's a tax collector and he's working for the Roman occupation against his own people. And so he's hiding up in a tree when Jesus walks by. But Jesus calls him down out of that tree, out of that place of fear. And Jesus says to Zacchaeus, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Don't be afraid of being laughed at or being made fun of or being misunderstood. Stop being afraid. Step into the kingdom with me, Jesus says. There's Mary Magdalene on Easter morning as she leaves all her fears in an empty tomb. And it's then that she's able to see the resurrected Jesus. She's able to move forward into the kingdom that God promises for her and for us. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, he's not talking about a physical place. It's it's not a location as much as it is a state, a way of being, a, a type of consciousness. It's another awareness. The kingdom of God is wherever God's will is being actively done. The kingdom is that place where human needs are met, where sin is forgiven and forgotten, where lives are changed Changed all by the truth of God's love and the fire of God's forgiveness. The kingdom is that place where we, each of us, live out of the depth of God's love, where we begin to forgive each other and ourselves, and we show God's love in practical, everyday, real ways. The kingdom of God breaks into our lives whenever we can leave fears behind. And do something bravely with new faith. This summer, maybe you're traveling about. Maybe you're moving a lot. Maybe you're staying right where you are. Uh, Maybe some of us never move very far from where we are in one place. But no matter who we are or where we are, Jesus calls us today, I think, to move. uh, To move out of whatever fearful place might keep us from stepping forward in new faith. The first letter of John reminds us so beautifully, there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out fear. May the Holy Spirit enable us to leave fear behind, to claim the faith of the saints, and to live into God's good kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.